There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. On this episode, I'm going to share with you my spiritual journey, how I found God and the journey that took me to that ultimate goal. I was raised a Roman Catholic, and I was very fervent. I was an altar boy. I served under the priests. I attended parochial school. I was in church about four or five days a week and very devoted. And the priests and nuns I worked under and served under were very kind and humble, self-sacrificing individuals that I admired. However, they never shared with me the experience of being born again. And I, I was never led to an understanding of what it would be to be filled with the Holy Spirit and have a personal relationship with God. And so as a consequence, when I became a teenager, I strayed away from religion altogether and became involved in a lifestyle that was not uh, Christian by any means. I was a rock musician, and that lifestyle eventually led me to a near-death experience at the age of 18, which was a very frightening thing. I felt my soul leaving my body and going off into a terrible, dark void that was throbbing. My soul was speeding up at a tremendous rate of speed, transitioning to another world that I knew I was not ready for, and I had no answers. I did not know in any way what was awaiting me on the other side. Thankfully, I came out of that experience, but I came out with a whole new set of values. I realized that I had to find something that had eternal value to base my life on. And so I dropped out of college to study under an Indian guru named Yogi Bhajan, and I became extremely devoted to seeking after the truth and seeking after oneness with God. I was part of a yoga ashram, and every morning we got up at 3.30 in the morning, and we were in some kind of discipline. Even when we were eating, there was some type of religious discipline associated with it until about 5.30 at night, and then we would be teaching yoga classes in the area in Daytona Beach. And then I broke away from that ashram and went to Tampa to form my own ashram, and I was teaching extracurricularly at four colleges in that area, University of Tampa, University of South Florida, New College, and Florida Presbyterian. I had about 300 students who were following my teachings, and I really felt that I was progressing toward this elusive goal of what we called God consciousness, which was a conscious awareness of oneness with God, but within an Eastern framework that means a realization that you are God, which is actually the antithesis of the truth. But I was having experiences, supernatural experiences, out-of-body experiences. So I felt that I was really progressing and maturing on my journey spiritually. 
And then some remarkable things happened, I believe divinely orchestrated. The Tampa Tribune newspaper did a half-page article about me, how I was teaching yoga, kundalini yoga, in four universities in that area. And I thought it would increase my class attendance. I thought surely it would mushroom to about a thousand people at least. Instead, it alerted a local prayer group to start praying for me. And they had a 24-hour prayer chain and assigned one of the members of their group to be praying for me every hour of every day. And so I was being soaked with intercession. And then some divinely orchestrated events started happening. And I'm sure it was as a result of their intercession. For instance, I got a letter from an old friend of mine where he told me he had walked in a church and heard an audible voice say Jesus is the only way, and he felt the Spirit of God come upon him, and he was born again, which I was very confused about, uh, which I questioned very much, uh, because according to the Eastern way of looking at things, God is already inside of you, so to find God, you look within, and yet my friend said that the Spirit of God came upon him uh, from without. And so I knew this was a a difference in approach altogether. So I pondered that letter and thought about it over and over again. And finally, I came to the conclusion that maybe, just maybe, I had misinterpreted Jesus and I had misinterpreted his teachings. And being a truth seeker, I decided to devote an entire day to him and ask him to manifest himself to me. And I made a commitment that day not to read any other literature but the Bible and not to use any other method of prayer except that type of prayer suggested in the Bible. And so I did not do any mantra chanting. I did not do any Hindu type of meditation or Buddhist type of meditation. I did not read any of the other Uh, scripture sources that I had respected at that time. I did not read the Bhagavad Gita or the Vedas or any of the books I normally would meditate on each day. I only read the Bible and I only talked to Jesus. And uh, I prayed that he would show me supernaturally, give me some kind of sign if he truly was the only way. I prayed all day long and nothing happened. And I was a little disappointed, but still believing. And that afternoon I was out hitchhiking to go teach at the University of South Florida. I had to hitchhike or walk everywhere because I'd made a commitment to own no material things. Well, this is where the prayers of those people really kicked into gear. Because two miles away from me, one of the members of the prayer group was walking into a laundromat, a young college student named Kent Sullivan. He had an armful of dirty clothes, intending just to wash his clothes in between classes at the university. And he felt the Spirit of God speak to his heart and say, get back in your van and start driving. He had no other instructions, no idea what he was supposed to do. God just said, get in your van and start driving. Very few people would make a big change in their plans with so little information. Thank God he was willing. He got behind the wheel and started driving and said, Lord, where do you want me to go? And felt compelled to go a certain direction and made two or three definite turns and finally came to the spot where I was standing there hitchhiking. He never picked up hitchhikers, cardinal rule, but he said he felt strangely compelled again 
And so he pulled the van over. I opened the door to the van and my heart jumped with excitement inside of me because on the ceiling of the van was a picture of Jesus that he had taped there. And I found out that I knew this young man. I I had heard about him. He was one of the most advanced yoga students in Tampa, a follower of Kriya Yoga, uh, the teachings of Yogananda. And yet he had opted to walk the path of Christianity. And I wondered how someone so advanced in Far Eastern teaching could um, confine himself to a very narrow-minded worldview like Christianity. And so I wondered about this individual. I did not know him personally. And of course, he had been praying for me for about a month. So it was absolutely a divinely inspired event for us to meet that day. Well, uh, when I saw that picture of Jesus on the ceiling of his van, I was uh, sitting there excited with anticipation. And he turned around a few moments later and said, friend, can I ask you a question? And I said, yes. He said, have you ever experienced Jesus Christ coming into your heart? I said, no, but when can I? And he gave me a very surprised look like I wasn't supposed to give in so quick. Uh, he said, well, you can come to our prayer meeting tonight. I said, I don't want to wait for a prayer meeting. If I can find Jesus, I want to find him right now. So he pulled that van over to the side of the road and uh, he began to instruct me in certain basic things about how to confess the Lord Jesus as Lord of my life and renounce the false gods that I had believed in or worshiped and received Jesus into my heart, repenting of my sins, etc. And uh, it all sounded, uh, unfortunately, very illogical to me that the blood that Jesus shed could actually wash my soul clean from sin. But I was willing to try. I was a truth seeker. I thought, I'm going to open my heart to this and see if there's a reality attached to it. So as sincerely as I could pray, I repeated a prayer after him, something to the effect, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Wash me in your precious blood. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Cleanse my soul of all defilement. I renounce all other gods but you, and I ask you to take my life and give to me, as you promised, the gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And when I prayed that prayer, I had an encounter with the creator of the universe that was so profound. I felt God come into my life, and I knew that I'd finally found the truth. It was so real, so undeniable, that I went back to my yoga class that afternoon and told them from that point forward, it was canceled. I would not be teaching yoga anymore. I was shutting down my ashram. I went to all my other classes that week and said the same thing. Most of my students became Christians as well. And so my life took an abrupt turn. And uh, in the next few weeks, I began studying the Bible intensely. And strangely, ironically, one of the things that uh, Yogi Bhajan, the guru I had studied under, said actually helped turn me toward the teachings of Jesus. During one of his satsang uh, discourses, he had said that because Jesus was an avatar, which is a Hindu word, has changed its meaning now dramatically because of the movie that came out, 
a few years back, but an avatar, according to Hindu teaching, is an incarnation of God, some deity taking the form of man. And he said, because Jesus was an avatar, he could only speak the truth. Well, after I met the Lord, that was like a light bulb going off in my spirit. Because he was an avatar, of course, now I believe he was the only avatar, the only incarnation of God into this world. But I thought if he could only speak the truth, then I need to really inspect what he taught and compare it to what I had believed as a yoga teacher to see what beliefs needed to be discarded and what beliefs could be retained or what new beliefs needed to be embraced. So I began reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, very avidly studying the Word of God for hours and hours every single day. And I found some real strong contradictions. For instance, the guru I studied under taught that God could never be so personal as to overshadow a virgin and plant a seed of life within her womb, that Jesus was born of uh, an illegitimate relationship between Joseph and Mary, most likely, and that he was an illegitimate child. Uh, but the Bible said a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ is a fundamental truth that Christianity is built on. And then the guru I studied under taught that Jesus' death on the cross was just the tragic death of a good man, but it had no redeeming quality or atoning quality. And yet Jesus, at the Last Supper, passed the cup among his disciples and said, this is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So he definitely taught that his death would wash away sins, which throws the idea of karmic repayment out the window altogether. Uh, the guru I studied under taught the necessity of chanting mantras in order to come into oneness with God. And yet Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount discourse, said, use not vain repetitions like the heathen do, for they believe that they'll be heard for their much speaking. The guru I studied under taught reincarnation. According to the Hindu worldview, a soul must reincarnate over a million times to achieve perfection and to be released from the cycle of rebirth. But Jesus taught something altogether different. He taught resurrection, a literal physical resurrection of the body and that body being reunited with the soul and spirit to make an eternal, immortal son or daughter of God. And uh, so that difference was so great, there was no way those two ideas could be compatible. And then, of course, the guru I studied under taught that there were many ways to reach ultimate reality. But Jesus said in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to God but by me. So I just divested myself of all that previous belief system and embraced this calling to be a follower of Jesus. Now, I believe that there's two things that people see and yet term them both Christianity. You have the larger group, over two billion strong, that I call professing Christianity. Then you have a core group 
made up of people of many different denominations who have truly been born again and received this personal experience with Jesus. And I call that possessing Christianity. And that's within the ranks of professing Christianity. It's not enough to be a professing Christian. You have to become a possessing Christian. You have to possess a personal relationship with God. Jesus said, this is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's the key of the whole issue. That's the key that unlocks the door to eternal life. It's not knowing about God, but rather knowing God. And that can only come through the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He meant what he said when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. I urge all of you to get a small booklet that I've written called Seven Reasons I No Longer Practice Yoga. And there's a lot of controversy, even among Christians, whether or not that yoga is a practice that can lead to some type of benefit. And I urge uh, Christian believers, I urge everyone for that matter, not to go the route of practicing yoga but instead uh, to follow a biblical worldview in a very pure and unadulterated way. So I urge you to get that booklet, Seven Reasons I No Longer Practice Yoga. It's right on my website, thetruelight.net, or my ministry website, shreveministries.org. Come and visit us. Sign up to be a part of our global internet family. We'd love to stay in touch with you. And there's a lot of things going on in the True Light Project that you'll be interested in knowing. Our outreach to people who are seeking truth, but need to know Jesus. So come and visit us today. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shree's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.